The closest I've ever come to having a mantra is saying out loud the 1988 Nike slogan, just do it, whenever I've come to a crossroads or needed to make a decision. But the more I read about tools to personal success, the more I read about why we should all have our own personal mantra. Welcome to episode 51, where I am joined by Deanna Seymour, or Didi as her friends call her, to discuss how she discovered her own mantra and how it has changed your life. This episode is sponsored by Nickerson, a full-service branding, marketing, PR, and communications agency with offices in Boston, LA, Miami, and New York City. Visit them at NickersonCOS.com. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. Before we get into the conversation with Dee Dee, I'm going to give a little context to what we're talking about. First, let's define what a mantra is. A mantra is a word or a grouping of words or sounds. They are spoken or chanted aloud or they can be recited internally in your thoughts. Mantras are used in many organized religions, originating in Hinduism and Buddhism. The use of mantras is thought by scholars to predate 1000 BC. There is even a suggestion that mantras may be older than language itself. In Sanskrit, the word mantra is derived from the root manas, meaning mind, and the suffix tra, meaning tool. Hence, a literal translation would be a tool for the mind. By focusing the mind on one word or thought and nothing else, the mind stills, allowing what may be hidden to arise to our consciousness. Do they work? Well, many neuroscientists have proved that the repetitive sounds and language of mantras can and do affect aspects of our life. So, now I'm sitting here saying, fucking great, another thing for me to try to do and fail miserably at. Another thing that I should be doing for myself, but somehow can't seem to get done. Does this happen to you, or am I the only one who gets stressed out about not being able to find the right mindset or transcendence because everyone else seems to be able to do it? Well, that is why Dee Dee Seymour is here today. She's here to discuss her own failed journey with mantras and words of the year and how she accidentally stumbled upon the mantra for her and how it has changed her life. Dee Dee is the host of the Imperfect Party podcast. She's been an art educator for over a decade, and she says she has a lifetime of screwing things up. Girl, same. Dee Dee, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, good. We already have so much in common. I love it. <laughs> no, I want to start off by saying, so we know what mantras are. We know people are talking about them. What made you think you needed a mantra? Well, Okay. So honestly, just hearing you say all that, I'm like, wow, I'm fancy with a mantra. Like, honestly, the first time I tried affirmations or mantras was when I was trying to have my baby non-medicated, unmedicated. So I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm going to need all the hippie stuff. And so let's go to Etsy.com and get some pregnancy birthing affirmations. So I printed those out and taped them to the wall and I never saw them because my eyes were closed. I was in a bathtub, miserable, and ended up having a C-section. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> they didn't do anything for me. Just kidding. So you um, were thinking you wanted a natural childbirth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, was, that's yeah. not something I've ever would have signed up for to begin with. I would have been like, <laughs> how many drugs am I legally allowed to have? Really Societal? Was it like you felt pressure from society to have a natural childbirth? Maybe societal, but also just one of my best friends was a doula. And I watched the documentary with Ricky Lake, <laughs> the, the business of being born. And I was like, oh, they're trying to like rush us through this process. So we ended up having a C-section. That's a whole nother story. But that was like my first try. And I did hear about, like you were saying, words of the year and all that stuff. So I tried to pick a word of the year. I was like, that's a nice idea. Kind of like you said, though, because then you feel like a loser when you can't do it. I just feel like I, ha- I have enough fucking pressure on me without okay now you need a mantra now you need a word of the year now you need to meditate now you need to like do all this other shit I'm like like at what point does it stop that I'm feeling pressured to do all of these things that now I feel guilty about not being able to do them I know right because they're like it's gonna make you it's gonna change your life and you're like okay it's gonna change my life because it's gonna suck more because I have more things to do right (laughs) yeah so my first one I was like, okay. And I was also trying to really be better at body positivity. I knew I was having a little girl and I know even moms of boys should, you know, like everyone should be nice to themselves. But I thought, okay, we got to break the cycle. I'm going to be nicer, mindful of how I speak to myself, how I treat myself because I have a kid and she's going to be watching me. So it was all kind of like at the same time, which is why I bring up the birthing stuff is like what got me in the realm. And then I thought, Okay, my first word of the year, which I already broke the rule, was two words. It was going to be choose love. And I was just going to like be a more positive person. I was going to choose love, talking about myself, talking about others. Like I'm kind of a little bit of a shit talker because I feel like it's part of my humor. Like I just point out the funny in Mm. things, which... whatever I keep it real you and I are so similar because people are like oh if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all and I'm like lady if you don't have anything nice to say sit next to me and we'll Well, talk that's that's why (laughs) I failed (laughs) I had nothing to say like I was like every time I would try to like be like oh my gosh and I I feel like I'm making it sound like I'm like really bad but it's I mean it's like lighthearted, funny whatever it wasn't always choosing love for my I mean it's like self-deprecating right and sometimes other people (laughs) deprecating but it's funny and when I was trying to keep it so positive all my funny material was gone and Mm -hmm. I just remember going out to brunch with friends and being like what the hell can we even talk about (laughs) my new role is so boring okay we can't we can't choose love like we're good people but we gotta talk some shit I choose sarcasm like that should be mine You got to find one that works. You could, you could totally nail that one and feel really good about yourself. I feel like standing from the position that I am, that like I'm a networking expert and I'm a relationship expert. Like you can still keep your sarcasm and your wit and all that and still build really beautiful relationships. You don't have to be a saint. Yes. Well, cause it's also real. Like not everything is like positive and fun and great and lovey-dovey like all the time. So I feel like even though you know, maybe sometimes it's like whatever edgy, it's still real. And that's also what makes it funny, I think sometimes. So choose love was a flop. And then my husband and I like having a baby is really hard. And being married is really hard. And we started going to marriage counseling, mm-hmm. which I have a whole thing on that because I'm like, yeah, everyone says it's real fucking hard. And then everybody's like, oh, you're going to counseling. And I'm like, yeah, everybody said it was hard. Like we have to yeah. learn <laughs> how to like, we need I help. went it's to hard. marriage counseling before we got married. 
Like, yeah, yeah, and that's so I, smart. I'm not saying that that's the reason. We've been married for seven, 17 years, um, oh, nice. I think. Okay, we got married in 2004. <laughs> um, we went to marriage counseling for six months because his parents were going through a divorce while we were getting married. My mother's been married three times. Like, I have, like, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, we have to learn everything. There's courses on literally anything. So yeah. what? why wouldn't you talk to somebody who knows what's up and can help right. you? Yes. So one of the things that sort of came up in therapy is that a lot of times I feel like Molly, our counselor would say, that's just a story I'm telling myself. Yes. Sometimes she would say it to Matt, but mostly I think it was me making up the stories. Yeah. So then I tried to have stories be my word of the year because it was like, it can remind me to check in on myself and be like, is this a story I'm telling myself? But also to embrace like living my life and creating stories. I don't know. I was making it up. Was the story like, oh, this is not true. This is yeah, a fabrication yeah. or this yeah. is not based or in like, reality. Like that's, yeah, like that's something you're telling yourself and that is not true. That's where yes. it comes from. Okay. Which sometimes I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> the evidence to back it up. <laughs> totally true. But yeah, kind of like, what do you tell? Or like, you know, a story I was telling myself maybe also back in the day was that my body wasn't good or right. Or, you know, try to like hone in on, let's focus on the stories you're telling yourself and like. I don't know what I was talking about. I, I was think trying if your to, body's building it. other humans, it's fine. Like that yeah. is like, I would, I don't, I don't know. I've never built a human, but my friends have, and they are like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so this. I'm like, you're building a human. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get tired baking a fucking cake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your body's like the actual oven. It's okay. Take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I was trying to do it again and I was like, okay, I'm going to concentrate on the stories, the stories I'm telling Matt or I'm telling myself or whatever. And I painted a cute thing that said stories and we had it hanging up in our house and it was cute, but it didn't really, like I didn't think about it very much after the initial, this is going to be my word. It was just hung up and in the background. So one thing I started thinking about is both of those, I think also maybe failed because they were more about other people than they were about me. Like it was about sure. doing something for someone else and not myself. And so part of me is like, maybe that's also why they didn't stick. Cause I was like, okay, here, here's another thing I have, to, have do to do to be a better person or to whatever. So the fuck it mantra, my new mantra that has hung on for a few years now, like unofficially, there's no sign. It's just <laughs> in there. Actually kind of came like the stories one was still hanging up my friend Amanda came over and we were just laughing about it. Like, I was like, oh my God, remember when I was trying to choose love and, and we still say choose love, but it's totally sarcastic. You know? Like we're it like, has to be at that point. Uh-oh. yeah, we're like, oh, choose love. Yeah. Um, and we, I was like, we we're just laughing <laughs> Every about time it. Every you flip someone off when you're driving, you're like, you're like love. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Right. You just do that little heart sign. Can be the news like secret. <laughs> secret yeah you do it with this face the listeners can't see it but my face says it all (laughs) yeah so fuck it kind of came out of that conversation with us being like fuck it we can't do it like we can't keep up with it it. fuck it yeah and then it was mostly her and I talking about body stuff but just in conversations or just telling a story and being like oh man I failed at this and there's usually a shrug involved with the fuck it mantra too there's like a little bit of a I wonder if that's part of mantras too like 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 a yoga yeah I'm always like meh meh fuck it yeah (laughs) like maybe there's a meh in it it's a full body mantra (laughs) it's just (laughs) fuck it 
because I don't know what else can you do sometimes you're just like fuck it with my body image this is my body and like you said it grew some babies it made some humans and it's just that's what my thighs look like Mm -hmm. stop fucking who cares like a lot of times it just helps snap me back into reality to be like what is the point of even caring about this and maybe even too it could sort of go back to choosing love because sometimes too if if someone's like really getting me mad and I'm like oh can you believe this person did this thing or whatever like maybe back when I would have been like choose love fuck it works just as well like you can be like well fuck it she doesn't matter or he doesn't matter like fuck it it's okay you know my husband does have a meditative practice like he meditates every day like he's just a different person than me and he has this thing like whenever I'm angry or upset with someone else, he was like, they they don't know you're angry. Your anger is only bothering you. Like they don't give a shit that you're angry or upset about this. So why are you putting all of this bad vibe and juju in your body by being angry? And I was like, well, because I really don't have anything else to be right now besides <laughs> angry. But he's so true. It's not if they don't give a shit, like the person who is angering you when you are angry, it's like it, it doesn't affect them. Another thing similar to something you just brought up was I interviewed a body positivity coach a while back, Summer Inanen, and she said, like, the amount of time we spend wasting energy on negative thoughts, and it doesn't have to be negative thoughts on your body. It can be negative thoughts on where you are in your career. It can be negative thoughts on your friendships or on your relationships. The amount of time we spend thinking and seeping in negative thoughts, like with that energy, we could be doing so much more. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels better also when you're like mad at someone to be like, meh, fuck it. Yeah. Than to, to choose love. Like I'm, I'm not ready to choose love <laughs> when I'm still mad, but I'm okay with saying like, this is, fuck it. We're not going to even think about it. You know, but has it, has that mantra sort of like, if it started off more as a body positivity thing, has it seeped into other parts of your life and your career? Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like it has just helped me be scared less. It really does alleviate fear because you start to think, I don't know, should I do it? And then you're just mm-hmm. like, fuck it. Why right. not? For me, I'm sort of a recovering perfectionist. That's kind of where imperfect party comes from. And yeah. I'm a little bit of a worrier and it's not really like, fuck it. Don't be careless, be a crazy person, but I just give it a try. And I feel like it kind of helps me not be paralyzed by overthinking things. Yeah. What is it? Like Mel Robbins has like a five second rule. I love the five second rule. It doesn't work for me all the time because you have to do it so like consistently. But after I read that book, because she's a local girl from here, she's a Boston girl. After I read that book, I really did put it into practice mostly because I was at a time in my life where I was really, really tired and I was hitting the snooze button every day. And that was affecting the way I felt about myself every day because I was getting up later and not getting as much things done as I wanted to. So I use the five second rule for not hitting the snooze button Mm -hmm. and it did work. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I always think about like on a dance floor, if you don't dance right away, if you stand off to the side and watch everyone else then you're like, oh my God, dancing's weird. Whereas if you just said like, fuck it and danced, you'd be, cause you're also like, those people are having so much fun. Like I want to have fun like them, but now I'm like in my head being a weirdo about it. So just get out there. So that's what I think. So it can apply to so many things. Like when I wanted to start my company, 
I vacillate. I went back and forth. Like I was, oh, I was like nauseous. Am I really going to do this? Am I going to quit my job? Am I going to start my own company? And I just knew if I didn't do it, I wouldn't forgive myself you mm-hmm. know, for not doing it. And I also said to myself, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is my company fails and I have to get a job again somewhere else, which I knew I could do. So mm-hmm. for me, that was an okay scenario. Like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'll just go work for someone else. And a lot of people do that, not because their companies don't work, but because they don't want to be entrepreneurs anymore and they don't want to run companies. And that's fine. And it, you know, it reminds me of that whole Wayne Gretzky quote that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. the shot. Fuck it. Take the shot. Yeah. Might as well. I, f- <laughs> I guess back in the day, my friend Jordan was going to get a tattoo that said might as well. <laughs> so maybe that was like the precursor. That's like the PG version of um, fuck it. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, yeah. like you said, you might as well. And obviously you can sit and think about like pros and cons, but for the most part, I think it helps give you permission. And you usually know, you know, when you flip a coin and you're like, tell yourself already, it's going to, if it's heads, it's this, if it's tails, and then you're like disappointed when it lands. Cause you yeah. knew you really wanted it to be the other thing. I feel like this gives you permission to, to do the thing that you already know you want to do, but you just feel like, eh, I don't know. Should I? It's like your last little push. And I don't want to negate the fact that mantras have history and religion and that they are super powerful. But I also think there's something powerful about saying, I can't do it in that context. You know, I can't do it in a super religious context and meditate on it, whatever. But if I can somehow change it to fit something that will benefit me, then that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. (laughs) You're allowed. (laughs) thing it lets you do whatever you want yeah 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 I'm not religious at all and I'm not really even that woo although I feel like in my I was gonna say my old age in my old age of 40 um I'm more open to it I guess um you know it's interesting doing this woo series so this is the woo series so we're doing numerology mantras and intuition okay and you know, I kind of set it up as, well, there's kind of a couple of things that I believe in. Like I'll go get my cards read and I'll be like, Ooh, I'm going to make money this year. You know, and I read my horoscope in the morning, things like that. So like, there are parts of it that touches me, but there's also parts of it that I'm like, not repelled by that. I just know, like, I'm not there as a person. That's not going to do it for me. That's not me and my personality and my type A personality. I think going back to one of the first things you said when you chose love as your second mantra was maybe especially for people like us who do fall on the sarcasm spectrum or whatever, that's a way in which we deal with a lot of situations and a lot of negativity and a lot of things that are happening in the world. That is our defense mechanism and how we deal. And I feel like if you don't give yourself the option to be who you are in negative situations, like that's, that's toxic in itself. Like not Mm -hmm. not identifying something as negative. I don't think you should choose love in a completely negative situation. And so I think there's a lot of stuff out there. There's this this idea about toxic positivity, which is, it's actually not good for us. Like we, life is messy. And like you said, marriages are messy and things, there are messy aspects to everything we do. And we have to identify the negative and the bad and be able to work around them and not just say, I'm going to choose love and I'm not going to see it. 
yeah yeah it did it felt like I was like silencing a part of myself and obviously in some ways yes I could choose love more often with myself and my body or maybe I could talk a little less shit but in some ways you're right it felt like I was like, I can't even think of a word, but silencing myself. Censoring. Uh, censoring yes, myself. censoring. I'm like, what? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I was censoring myself and it, it didn't feel authentic at all. And also I feel like fuck it sounds really negative or like harsh. I was thinking it was punk rock, but that can also be a way to still choose love. If you give yourself the option of this person made me mad or I feel like I need to set this boundary, but I'm a little scared. Like, fuck it can also be the catalyst to do good. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. So it can be a push for change, but in a way that, to me, it had to be, it had to be sort of funny and cheeky, I guess, um, for it to work for my personality. So that's what it did. And like I said, it just kind of came out of us joking about the word of the year and then I was joking like oh that's my word of the year and like no poster but then you know it's been like three years every January when people start talking about their words I'm like should I try to be thoughtful really? like people do that because I've I until I started researching you I never heard of the word of the year never I tried to I think I sort of tried to like keep fuck it but also maybe try patience this year yeah, but yeah, I already yeah. forgot that it was patience because it just like I just feel like fuck it has seeped its way into my brain it's working if it's not fit if it's not yeah. I was gonna say if it's not fixed don't break it don't break it <laughs> whatever <laughs> if it's not broke don't fix it so we'll just stick with it it's been like three years and it's working so yeah I'd be curious if any of the listeners have had words of the year because yeah I've never I work in a my background is in a very design centric focused and we always have colors of the year, the Pantone color of the year, which I think is a moody thing. Like that'll give you sort of the mood for the year. Um, so I think like 2020 was like blue. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. That's, I think that's, I mean, I'm like, wow, that's cool. You never heard of it. Cause it was pressure. It was pressure, obviously pressure. I felt to figure out my word and make yeah. it work. Uh, so it's like, instead of new year's resolutions, you just have like a word or a like phrase. I don't think well, I think that's better. I, I, I don't make resolutions. Cause I, I mean, that's just, a, I'm destined to fail. So I, I know, I mean, and like, listen, everybody is like, I think they say that the average resolution lasts seven days or something. <laughs> like that. I was thinking a month, but yeah, I mean, mine's like, I don't make them. I don't make them anymore. Cause I already, like you said, I already know it's not going to happen. Oh, and that's not like, that's another thing. Oh no, I have to have a new year's resolution because I suck so bad in the previous year. <laughs> I have to change something, you know, like, I like, can't we just focus on all the things we're doing right yeah. instead of the things that are lacking? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And can we like start taking things off our plate instead of putting yes. them on our plate? That would be good. I mean, yeah. hasn't the pandemic taught us anything about like, <laughs> Like what, it wasn't great before the pandemic. So let's try to like not bring everything back after the pandemic. I know, I know. <laughs> well, fuck it. We don't have to. We That's don't the have beauty to. Of it. <laughs> we don't have to. I once watched a TED talk and you should maybe look this up too because you would love this. Okay. And I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was the woman who said how to figure out how many fucks you have to give. And she was like, I have a fuck it bucket. And every day I figure out how many fucks I have to give things. And like, when I'm out of fucks, you don't get anything from me. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Yeah. I honestly, it's funny. Cause I've, I've said it a bunch right now and I don't, it's not like a huge part of my vocabulary. And I don't always say this one out loud. Like I yeah, just I was think it say, in my head. Say it under your breath or in your head. Yeah. 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 I don't cuss that. What's funny. Cause I was like an elementary art teacher and I have two little kids. So I'm not like walking around like a sailor all the time, but it Speak helps. Yourself. Yeah. So before we wrap up, tell the audience about your podcast and what that is about. So my podcast is called The Imperfect Party, and it's really just about figuring out how to embrace imperfection along that journey for me. So I think it's really fun. We've had one that recently that's like about diets not working. Sounds like you have stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. And faith and creativity and just kind of trying to do your thing just the way you want to and not really following the rules. So that's it. That's perfect. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I love this conversation. It was so great. Me too. It's so fun. This was a fun interview. And before I hear anything from you, I am in no way trying to disrespect the age old Hindu and Buddhist rituals of mantras. I do, however, want to shine a light on the fact that there is a veritable shit ton of garbage self-help fucking crap out there in the world and there are real modern societal pressures telling us that we need these sorts of things in our lives if we're going to be healthy and whatever fuck else and it's total bs does it help yeah i'm sure it does but it's not helpful if it forces you into some downward shame spiral thinking that you suck because you haven't been able to adopt them And I'm not the only one who thinks this way. There is actually an Instagram account by Dan Zevin called Modern Mantras for daily affirmations for daily aggravations with daily mantras that you can take on for yourself like, I'm a vision of beauty in this video conference or this is the day I do something with my digital photos or I will not lose my shit at Starbucks and finally maybe I will pick my parking battles. For me, Indiana, and probably a whole lot of other people, finding inner peace has to come without losing our sense of humor. I want you to know that you can have any mantra that fits your personality. If it works for you, then it's the right one. And if you don't want a fucking mantra, then guess what? You don't need to have one. Simple as that. Okay. The drink of the day is super fun and it's super cute. It's called the Happy Buddha. And it's super simple. A complicated drink would fly in the face of what we're trying to accomplish here together. This is what you're going to need. One and a half ounces of white rum. Half an ounce of ginger liqueur. I use Domaine Canton. One ounce of simple syrup. And two ounces of guava nectar, which you can find in the International Isle of the Food Store. I think I used Goya Brands. What you're going to do is you're going to add ice to a cocktail shaker and combine all the ingredients. Mix well. And then... Strain into a coupe glass and garnish with a star fruit. If you have one, don't freak yourself out and get all stressed out if you don't have a star fruit. But if you've got a star fruit, that would look super cute on the side of the coupe glass. All right, friends, that's it for this week. Thanks for being here. If you want more Julie Brown, check out my website, juliebrownbd.com, my book on Amazon, This Shit Works, or my page on Instagram at juliebrown underscore bd. Or just meet me back here next week. Cheers. Thanks for taking the time to listen. 
Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. We'll be right back.